Today, my name is Evelyn Aka. I'm the founder and managing lawyer of Aka Business Immigration Law. We are based in Calgary, Alberta, and we have two offices in Toronto and Vancouver, Canada as well. I focus primarily on cross-border NAFTA immigration law for professionals as well as families and individuals looking to move to Canada or move to the United States. I would like to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Today, we are going to be discussing NAFTA and NAFTA 2.0, also known as the U.S. CMA, United States, Canada, Mexico Agreement. And we'll be talking about everything as it relates to how you can work in the United States and Canada, and if there are any changes in NAFTA 2.0 that you should be aware of um, or that may impact you. I hope that you will get some value from this discussion and um, feel free to share any uh, questions you may have or insights you may have. So um, the first place I want to start is NAFTA as we know it now, because I believe even today the, the Canadian government is looking at the process of ratifying the, the NAFTA, the new NAFTA, and it'll be starting um, the process this week. However, um, it hasn't yet been enacted in all three countries, and so therefore it's not yet in operation. Um, most of those changes to NAFTA relate to trade and pharmaceuticals and farming and other you know, products across the border and labor. But there are no changes at all that are relevant when it comes to labor um, for a foreign worker crossing over borders situations like we deal with at ACA Business Immigration Law. So let's get into this and figure out what are the best ways for you to move to Canada first and or to come to Canada to do business or to work. Feel free again to let me know if you have any questions. I'd be happy to assist. One of the first ways we always reference when it comes to moving to Canada for NAFTA is the NAFTA Business Visitor category. This is the category that allows you to come to Canada for business meetings, to attend some training if it's internal, and to um, and to come in to scope out opportunities, maybe for a job interview. That is the category that people enter when they're coming in for business visitor purposes. They're not working, but they're coming in to meet on a business-related venture or meetings. So that's the common one. And most people don't realize that they're actually getting a visa when they come into Canada under that category. It's called an after-business visitor. For our corporate clients, we tell them always that they should not send any of their workers cross-border unless they have a letter that at least confirms what they are doing when they come to Canada and that confirms um, they're not working in Canada and that they're not being paid in Canada. And it's for short-term purposes. So I think that's really important. Um, in next, in terms of coming to Canada, if you're American, again, those people who benefit from NAFTA are only the citizens. So uh, a Canadian citizen, a U.S. citizen, a Mexican citizen. And even if you have permanent residence or green card status, NAFTA does not apply to you. So you need to keep that also very much in mind in terms of your port of entry um, flexibility and the, and the benefits you derive from port of entry application. So the next way to come to Canada, and this will be for work, is under the NAFTA professional category. This is a category that professionals 
skilled trades, skilled workers um, use degree professionals to come into Canada to accept a position. We do this a lot for Americans who are coming in. If let's say you're an engineer and you have a degree and you have a job opportunity to come and work for a Canadian company, the NAFTA professional category is the best category for you. Once you can make sure you've got all your material together, which includes uh, an employer support letter, a legal letter, all your credentials, um, your resume, job description, all of those details in the term of the um, of the employment, you as an American and you as a Mexican citizen as well can apply at the airport or at the border as you enter Canada. This is really one of those great benefits of NAFTA that will continue on under NAFTA 2.0. It has not changed. And unless there's some fine print that I've missed, um, everything stays the same. And so we're very happy about that. It means that people can get uh, NAFTA professional Canadian work permits for up to three years, and it's renewable indefinitely. So that's great. The only thing with the NAFTA professional is it's very much based on uh, education. You must have a four-year degree unless you're working as a consultant where you have a consulting agreement and a prearranged consulting arrangement um, that you can show and that you can credentialize yourself based on five years or more experience, even if, if you don't have the degree. Um, the only other category where you don't need a four-year degree, but you need a two-year diploma, is the technician technologist category. This is a category where people who are... Um, are working in collaboration or under the supervision of a four-year degreed professional engineer, let's say, are able to enter Canada and apply for work permits as well. So long as their package is up to date and everything is there, um, they will qualify as so long as they also include the credentials and the details for the four-year degree professional that they'll be working under. And usually it's an engineer. Another NAFTA category that we love is the NAFTA intercompany transfer into Canada. So again, this is the category that allows American citizens who've been working for a company uh, in the U.S. for at least 12 months to be able to transfer to the related entity in Canada so they can do their work either as a specialized knowledge worker or as a manager or senior manager and executive. So this is one of those categories with all the material you put forward, showing that the companies are related, that you've got this expertise, that you've been employed for 12 months or more, and what the reason is that they need you in Canada. You can get, again, up to three years initially for an established company. And if it's a new, new company or a new branch or subsidiary, it's more like 12 months, but it's renewable after you can show that the business has been operational. So those three categories, NAFTA Business Visitor into Canada, NAFTA Professional, and NAFTA Intercompany are the most common ways that American citizens can move to Canada. And as we talk about this, keep in mind that all of these are contingent on having a reason to be here. You can't just come up to look for a job generally. That's obviously business visitor, but it doesn't mean that you can start working for anybody. The jobs are specific because the work permit is specific and it lists the employer that you'll be working for. You can't just get an open one very commonly. It's usually only available for people who have spouses that may also be working. They can come as accompanying spouses. That's the only situation generally where you'll get an open spousal work permit. So you need to keep that in mind. On the U.S. side, for Canadians going to the U.S., again, you must be 
um, a Canadian citizen, not a permanent resident. You must hold a Canadian passport. And the best way to enter Canada, again, they also have their NAFTA business visitor. It's called a B1. Um, a lot of Canadians don't realize that we are getting visas every time we cross into the United States. And I call that one, the B1, B2, a virtual invisible visa because you don't see it. People don't realize that they're getting a visa because we're so commonly traveling back and forth. But we are actually applying for the B1, business visitor, or the B2, which is the the, the tourism or entry for pleasure visa. So um, when you travel into the U.S., I always suggest as well for business, make sure you as a Canadian citizen have a letter from your employer or the organization you're coming in to do these business meetings for or the training you're going to do at your related entity that's all internal um, so that now that given the climate right now at the border, definitely CBP is becoming much more challenging about questioning the purpose of entry. And so you want to be prepared. You want to look like a business visitor. I always tell my clients, dress professionally for that first application or that first entry so that you don't have any challenges for this entry as a business visitor. You're going for business, look like you're going for business. Um, the other thing is, the other category for Canadians entering is the, is the NAFTA uh, professional, which is called a TN visa into the United States. The TN visa is the category for people entering can, um, the United States who have degrees. It's exactly the same um, as the one that people are using to come into Canada. Obviously under NAFTA, the provisions are almost identical. So this is for people who have four-year degrees, engineers, accountants, teachers, lawyers. Um, they're all listed geologists, professors, dentists. Obviously people can come in under many, many different professions, about 68 professions are listed as well consultant is listed and technician technologist is listed so similar to the u.s you're essentially applying for a tn visa when you are entering the united states with the complete package you encounter pre-clearance on the canadian side of the airport or the border and then you are you say i need to apply for a work permit they direct you to the office and that is where you make your application and sometimes it could take 30 minutes, other times it could take three hours. So you must be prepared to ensure you have enough time to make this application. This is definitely one of the benefits of being a member of NAFTA is that we are able to do our applications at the port of entry. All other countries have to be processed through the U.S. Processing Center or the Canadian equivalent High Commission or Canadian Consulate. So that's something to definitely appreciate as a Canadian citizen is the ability to process at the port of entry. Another way that we can move to Canada um, to work in the United States is under the NAFTA L1. The L1 is the intercompany transfer. And this is the category for people who have been working for a Canadian entity that is related to the US entity. Again, by way of it being a branch, affiliate, subsidiary, or at least at the top level have a common ownership um, of the same person who might own the shares of both of the companies. And so again, this one is much more extensive. It takes more time to assemble all the paperwork. Definitely you will need a lawyer to assist you with this application. Just the same as the TN, I believe. You want to do it right. It's so much harder to fix a problem. And so if you've been refused and then you call us, 
it is harder because we have to overcome that refusal and we have to explain what's new. What are we providing that wasn't provided the first time before you had counsel? And sometimes it will affect your ability to receive an, an approval even after all the work we do because you've already been in the system with a refusal. So that's definitely something for you to think about. The L1 application has two categories. One is specialized knowledge, which is the L1B. And the other one is L1A, which is the managerial, senior managerial executive category. So depending on the type of job you have and the work you're doing and have been doing in Canada, now you want to move into the United States to do work for your related entity. This is when you apply for the application for uh, or make, when you make the application for the L1. This one we tell clients definitely give yourself three to four hours. The package is usually quite thick, quite extensive. Lots of information about the company, about the um, the relationship between the company, about the individual and their job duties, and why they're specialized knowledge, why they're considered managerial, is their salary in line with that level, who do they supervise, what are the growth plans or the expansion plans, all of these things tie into the L1 application. And again, we tell our clients, make sure you're dressed well, be professional, be prepared, don't book your flight um, too soon of, of arrival, get to the airport three to four hours in advance so that you have lots of time in case other people are making the same application who are in front of you, you have to wait. Recently, one of our clients made an application and he missed two flights in the process because there were so many people at the airport doing the exact same application. And so we just wanna make sure our clients are taken care of and know, give themselves as much time as possible. The L1 is a great category. We've been doing it for a number of years for Canadians, especially with some of the economic changes, especially in Alberta. More and more of our clients are moving to are moving to do L1 so they can expand their businesses and have had a lot of success in the United States as they grow and as they create jobs for Americans and they train Americans as well. There's lots of knowledge sharing. One thing else to think about, which is quite recent, and we're letting all our clients under L1 visas know, after the initial application at the airport, the renewal cannot be processed at the airport any longer. And this is really affecting our executive clients who were surprised, who are finding out about this. Um, it effectively, it's been available and around for officers to use since August, but no officers were really implementing it until November. And it happened once, and that was the end of it. Now we know that we'll never be sending anybody for renewals. Now all L1 extensions must be processed in the United States through the U.S. Processing Center. They must pay premium processing so that at least it may be expedited up to 15 days processing. But we're seeing as well lots and lots of requests for evidence are happening, which means we want our clients to have four to six months in advance notice to do the renewals given what's at risk for them and their families who are down there. This has been a policy change that is unfortunate. Um, it's changed the way we deal with the border officials and it's definitely been a political decision that has occurred. So now we are, we're letting our clients all know if you have an L1 visa, you must start the process of extension four to six months in advance and everything has to be processed through USCIS. And we work with our US attorney colleagues to make sure we take care of our clients and get the application submitted with lots of time in advance. Um, those are the primary ways that Canadians can work in the United States. The other one that we use quite a bit is the E-Visa. 
They're E1 and E2. And these are visas for people who are doing business, investing in the U.S., who are perhaps purchasing a business um, or want to invest in a business or have lots of cross-border um, um, contracts that they're fulfilling. And so the E1 and the E2 are great for that flexibility. It lets you work for all your clients and not just one specific client or one specific employer. And it lets you grow, you can live there or you can be cross-border. The only issue with the E-Visa is everything has to be processed via the, um, the E-Visa officer and the U.S. consulate. And so that means it'll take two to three months before you can get the approval. It's not something that happens instantaneously at the airport. So if there's an interest in the E-1s or the E-2s, please do give us a call so that we can see how we can assist you and make sure that we can meet your timeframes. Again, we work with our wonderful U.S. attorney colleagues to submit these applications on your behalf. Um, and sometimes we discuss the pros and cons of both. One thing, too, that we always recommend for all of our clients, especially our corporate clients, our executive type of employees, is that they must seek they must seek tax advice. It's really important that you have a tax advisor, somebody who can help you with the cross-border issues in advance. It's no fun to hear from a client after the fact that they've been there for a year, they didn't know what their tax obligations were, and now they have a big tax bill. I always say... The best thing is to plan in advance and make sure tax leads the way for immigration. It should not be the other way around. We want to be able to know that you've already looked at these issues of tax so that you can have be in the best place possible for your organization and for yourself personally when you make your application for a U.S. work permit. So lastly, one of the other things I want to talk about is for Mexican citizens. And it's great because Mexican citizens also are under NAFTA and they also are eligible to apply for work permits when they fly into Canada. And this is really great because, you know, there was a period of time before where Mexicans were removed from being visa exempt. Um, for whatever political reasons, they were removed from being visa exempt and they had to get a visa and be processed at a Canadian consulate in Mexico before they can get on the plane. And that has changed now again, back in the last maybe four years, it changed back. And this is really a, a great uh, value added because now Mexicans are treated essentially the same as American citizens coming to Canada, which makes life easier for them when they want to apply for a work permit under NAFTA, professional or NAFTA intercompany. They can fly in with their completed application package and they can apply at the airport and it's much faster and more convenient for them. So these are some of the things that I think is wonderful about NAFTA and I'm really glad that our will be continuing under the new NAFTA. Um, Mexicans going into the U.S., however, are not treated exactly the same. They still need to be processed at a consulate, the U.S. consulate, before they can enter for their different uh, work permit categories. Um, so that's what I wanted to chat with you about today is talking about all the ways that you can move to Canada, that you can work in Canada and the United States, and that you can cross the border to do the business you need to do. I'm very pleased that the U.S. MCA, or depending on what you call it, I hear all the times it's USCMA, NAFTA 2.0, um, once it's fully enacted by all three signatories and we move forward, we'll have a better sense then if things have changed in terms of how they're treating NAFTA, um, NAFTA applications. But for now, 
according to the treaty that's been signed, it will stay the same and will not impact significantly anything to do with the various categories that I've spoken about. So that's all I have for you today in terms of coming to Canada and the U.S. If any of you have any questions, please feel free to contact us at ACA Business Immigration Law. We love the work we do. We look forward to helping you cross borders seamlessly. And we look forward to helping you to create um, the changes you'd like in your life for 2020, when it comes to employment, when it comes to family um, or education, you want to study in Canada or the U.S., we can provide all of those services to you. Feel free to contact us at acalaw.com. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.